Caroline Kremen from Advice Works joins me now with a wrap of your markets picture and a perspective of the week ahead. Caroline, good afternoon to you. Thank you so much for your time. Hi, good afternoon. Yeah. All right, Caroline. So nice just, to meet you. <laughs> well, nice to see you during the day. <laughs> All right, Caroline, <laughs> yeah. let, let's talk about um, Friday's performance on the markets. I think it was the best day we've seen, I think, since the 5th of March 2020. Um, really upbeat. So let's just talk about how we've managed to come off that high to the reasonable choppy morning that we've had of trade today. Caroline, can you hear me? Yes, um, I can hear you are breaking up. Um, so if I understand your question, um, look, Friday, you know, I think what we really need to get the sector of in the markets at the moment is it is very volatile. You know, don't read too much into something that happens one week because you're going to open um, very, very differently the next mm, week. Mm. And I think in particular this week, it is crunch time. Um, you know, we will be focusing on the US. You've got those elections coming up. But also very importantly, you've got CPI. I think is coming up and that could give us an indication as to whether or not um, you know the purported 50 basis point raise in interest rates is going to materialize or if there's going to be a 75 basis point uh, raise in interest rates so there's there's room for a lot of um, volatility this week we might look back to last week quite fondly at the end of this week and how much is uh, China's COVID policy um, moving the markets today? Because, I mean, really, over the week, uh, on Friday when we closed, we thought, okay, we might have some good news over the weekend. And they've come out to say absolutely not. So are we seeing this reflective in the markets today? So this is again, it's another question of why the markets read little things, things, major things into really little events. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, the zero COVID policy is a real problem. Um, you know, we're already seeing um, it, it impacting the Chinese growth figures. One thought, okay, I think this is a market's feeling or some people's feeling is that once you came out of that Chinese Communist Party conference, mm -hmm. that President Xi would be able to make a pivot away from his very staunch anti-COVID policies without, you know, losing face. Um, that has turned out not to be the case, mm. although I suspect that there's quite a lot of pressure within the Politburo to do that. And you're seeing a bit of, you know, a little bit of upset, should I say, from some of the regional mayors. So I, I think people under is they really don't take into account the way Chinese do things. Mm. They might want to pivot, but they're not going to come out and say, you we were wrong, we we're going to do this. So they might really start to do it subtly. So I do think it's going to happen. I just don't think that the market is waiting for this big announcement. It's not going to come. It's not the way they do business. Absolutely. I, I actually agree with you there that they're, they're, um, their temperament really matters in how things are done there. All right, let's talk about the companies like trade information that's come out. Exports and imports both contracting. Is that evidence also of that COVID-19 um, policy and also just the Chinese economy just contracting as a whole? So it's difficult to tell at the moment. Um, certainly, you know, the Chinese shutdowns, the shutdowns are not, you know, are not great for the economy. We're already seeing the exports are declining. You know, Apple mentioned it, you know, that they're going to have to, you know, just it's going to be a slower delivery of iPhones because of the shutdown. So that is part of the reason. But also, um, you know, we have this really big um, lack of supply um, that they had to fill coming out of COVID. So you're still coming off of the highs from that. What we're not seeing at this point, and I don't think um, it's, it's really going to show this month or next month, is the impact of the slowdown um, and the economic slowdown in, in, in the West to its export partners. That's not showing yet. So, you know, that it kind of means that these, these 
triggers are, are not great and they're likely to get worse yeah. um, even if they do you know just unfortunately they're reopening the country mm-hmm. into a period where global growth is declining mm-hmm. so bad news for them Absolutely. Well, speaking about declines, let's speak about Meta. They plan to start layoffs today. Um, a very difficult time for big tech, but I think specifically looking at Meta, um, they have a staff composite of 87,000 people, Caroline. Um, that's rather excessive, I'd yeah. say. Um, but, I mean, we, it is a big company that's done really amazing things in terms of social media around the world. But let's just talk about um, the numbers that have really led to this decision where they just can't mm. hold that many employees anymore. Well, there's been a couple of things. So I think, first of all, free cash flow did decline about 90% in their last quarterly reported results. And I think uh, Meta employees, you know, can probably be grateful that they're not across the road at Twitter, which is cutting 50% of their employees. I don't think it's going to be quite that deep at Meta. Mm-hmm. But at their last uh, results presentation, they did say that they were going to try to cut expenses by 10%. And there's been a lot of pressure from some of the institutional investors and the hedge funds mm-hmm. to actually cut into deeper. I don't think this is necessarily the wrong, you know, a, a bad idea. Um, you know, what happened during the FANG decade was that, you know, you had very charismatic chief executive officers and, you know, management teams who thought they could do no wrong and the share price would keep on rising and rising rising, now coming and acknowledging that, you know, this this free ride does not last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, money is not cheap anymore and those questionable vanity projects with massive staff, you know, needs to be you know, needs to be cut. And I think what is going to happen with both these companies, in fact, all of the tech companies, is they're going to come out of this leaner and meaner. So, yeah, it doesn't look good in the in the meantime, but it's it's to their benefit in the long term. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, a, what big tech looks like when it's lean and mean, <laughs> Caroline. All right, <laughs> um, I think we have time for your stock pick. Um, which one have you chosen for this for today? Yeah, well, I've actually chosen an exchange traded fund again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a very volatile period of time. You, you've got to be very careful about the types of shares you pick. Don't pick companies that are highly geared. Mm. Keep pick companies got good cash flows, good return on equities. And then even better, just let an exchange traded fund do that for you. The exchange traded fund that filters companies on that is called the iShares Quality Fund. Mm-hmm. You're going to find companies like Coca-Cola, Johnson & Johnson, MasterCard in there. Mm-hmm. And these are the things you really want to hide in while the market is volatile. All right, I think I agree with you completely. Um, it is a difficult time to be highly geared, those interest rates um, shooting up. But thank you so much for your time, Caroline. Always a pleasure speaking to you. That was Caroline Kremen from AdviceWorks.